So up to this point, as we've been moving through these beatitude statements from Jesus, we've talked about what it means to be inclusive within the kingdom of God and how Jesus teaches about this and how it uh, really is a sharp contrast to the religiosity of his day and how people assume things were meant to go, how religious leaders were teaching, uh, the, who God was, what his character was like, how that impacts our worldview. And so as we've been talking about this, we've been kind of challenging the assumptions of what it means to be blessed by God, to be divinely favored or to be happy or fortunate, because that's what the Beatitudes means. It's just Latin for blessing. And uh, so our perspective on godly character as Jesus is teaching these things really should, should begin to shift uh, just a a little bit, even if we've heard these things before, as we unpack what Jesus is actually saying, our perspective begins to shift and even our character is affected as we think about how God actually changes our lives, the transformation that happens within us as a result of, uh, as a result of what Jesus has done on the cross begins to shape how we think about our lives, how we interact with other people, and, and, how, we, and how we live in general. So I hope, I hope you've been taking the time to memorize these Beatitudes. We'll, we'll give a little bit of practice right now. You can kind of keep me honest because I know like at this point, as I'm about to try to say it from memory, I'll probably, I'll probably mess it up just because we're trying to do this, right? I mean, it's the way that normally goes. So blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, and blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. See, there we go. We, we give yourself a round of applause if you did that in your head, or if you've been memorizing that, or if you just watched me do it, uh, you can give me a round of applause. Uh, no one would make these conclusions on their own, though, right? I mean, when Jesus is saying this, when he says, blessed are the, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit, remember, blessed means divinely favored, happy, fortunate. Oh, okay, poor in spirit. Oh, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm happy as a result of that. Or those who mourn, uh, they're blessed. We don't normally think about those, uh, those things in, in that way. They, those aren't the ingredient, ingredients for the circumstances that we normally pursue or consider ourselves blessed by, but Jesus changes all of that. And what it does is it opens up a whole new world of hope and joy and peace that is accessible to anyone, regardless of what their life looks like and has been. And so blessing number three that Jesus shares is, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And when you think about qualities or characteristics that you want to be known by in your life, I, I don't know about you, but meek is not one of the things that is at the top of my list. I mean, most of the time when I think about how I want people to think about my character or who I am, like if we were at my funeral and people were talking about, oh, I remember Rob as being, oh, he was, he was really meek. You know, that, that's, that's not the one that I would choose to be first on the list. Maybe some, something like strong. He was really strong. Obviously, I'm incredibly physically strong, uh, so I'm, I'm definitely talking, uh, talking about that. Um, no, but, you know, strength comes in many different ways. And so uh, mentally strong, whatever, you know, whatever circumstances, you know, those are kind of things that you want to hear. Uh, you know, that, that person is so smart. You know, some of us want to hear that. That's how we want to be characterized. Uh, maybe that person is so fun. You know, they always have a great time when I'm around them. They always have a smile on their face. Uh, that person is so kind. You know, they're so amazing around other people. They, they're so hospitable. You're so talented. You're so successful. I mean, the list could go on. You're so confident, relatable, outgoing. Those are the characteristics you know, that we want to be noticed by, that we want people to, to recognize us by. And of course, there's, there's a, you know, those are the characteristics that we're drawn to in other people. Those are kind of people that we want to be around. We also have qualities we see in people that we don't want necessarily to, people to think, 
think about us uh, by, you know, like some people are jerks or selfish or inconsiderate. We don't want to be that guy, right? You know what I mean when I say that guy. But there's another group. And it's qualities that, you know, hey, these are, these are pretty good, but we don't necessarily want to be characterized by them because they're, they're not as attention-grabbing as some of the others. They're not as popular. And meek is one of those. Blessed are the meek. And, and I think one of the biggest problems with that is because we often, culturally speaking, equate meekness with weakness. And so when Jesus says this, we're, we're thinking of somebody who, you know, kind of kind of stands, you know, we even physically think about how somebody who, who's meek, you know, just kind of stands maybe hunched over, kind of to the side, you know, to keep the, keeps their eyes down, doesn't make eye contact with, with somebody. And so we equate these ideas culturally with what Jesus maybe is, is teaching. Uh, we might celebrate somebody's meekness, somebody else's meekness, and think, oh, it's nice that they're so you know, accommodating to other people, especially when I want to choose the restaurant I want to go to. So I appreciate your meekness for, for that. Uh, but, w- you know, we don't necessarily want to be thought of, of that way because we want to be strong, not weak. And so when we read stuff like this from Jesus, it's kind of easy to gloss over maybe sometimes because we don't really know what he's getting at. When we look up the word meek and, and you know, hey, what, what does that actually mean uh, to us today? We, we can read, and you can look this up, you can Google it right now if you want to, humbly patient or quiet in nature. Okay, I mean, th- those are fine for, for some people, right? But not necessarily for all of us. That doesn't sound too bad. But the next definition would be overly submissive or compliant, spiritless or tame. And so you start getting into that and you're like, man, so is Jesus really saying blessed are the spiritless? Blessed are the people who are overly submissive or compliant? Or maybe does he mean something else? Because, you know, we read that and we think, okay, there's some positive, positive meanings to that, but it, it sounds pretty spineless as well. It's like, do we, do we really want that? When Jesus is teaching about meekness, however, the word that he uses is actually translated humble, gentle, or considerate. The word that he uses means humble, gentle, and considerate. And, and that's, that's a little bit different than what we culturally understand meekness to mean. And here, let me share with you a couple reasons why that is. The opposite of meekness that we see Jesus talking about here is self-assertiveness and self-interest. Which, culturally speaking, like, those are foundational principles for pop psychology and cultural wisdom. But this word that Jesus is using was also used to describe war horses. And so, uh, Jesus isn't saying, blessed are the war horses. Like, that's, that's not where, where he's going here. But it was used for horses that were trained to carry their soldier on their back to be calm, strong, powerful, and in control during the heat of battle. So when we think about meekness, we're thinking about something very different than spiritless or overly submissive or compliant or kind of, you know, meek and and, and looking down. Meekness, as Jesus is talking about this, is power. It's just power under control. It's not good old-fashioned self-control where it's like, man, I can... I can control everything in my life. I just need to try harder. I can pull it all in. But it's, it's power under God's control in our life. And so Jesus says, blessed are the meek, for they, were, they will inherit the earth. When you believe that God is in control, you are not consumed by assert, asserting control over yourself or asserting control over other people or asserting control over other circumstances for selfish ambition. 
And as I mentioned before, when we look at these Beatitudes that Jesus gives, the first four deal with our relationship with God, the last four deal with our relationship with others. And so the meek, people are humble, gentle, and considerate. They are that way because of what God has done for them in their lives. It's a recognition of his control at work around us. And this word meek is used to describe who Jesus is and part of his character a couple different times in Scripture. So in Matthew chapter 11, Jesus is speaking in verse 29. He says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And then said of Jesus in Matthew chapter 21, verse 5, Say to daughter Zion, See your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And again, the same word is used in 1 Peter chapter 3, and these come from instructions for developing inward beauty over outward adornment. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. And so even God himself, as Jesus, here living on the earth, describes himself as being gentle and humble in heart, asks us to take that yoke, follow him, and model that in, in our lives. This, this idea of power under, under control, God's power at work in our life. And while Jesus is gentle, and you can see that throughout his ministry, he certainly isn't weak. He humbled himself despite having all the power in the universe. He humbled himself over and over again. But scripture also says that one day he's coming back and it won't be him gently riding on a donkey. He will be riding on a war horse to judge and conquer evil, to bring justice, to bring the end to evil in, in life, in the world, and to usher in the kingdom of heaven. And so meekness is gentleness, it's humbleness, it's consideration, but it's not weak. It's power under control. And ultimately, it's people who have humbled themselves to recognize God's control in their life. And you probably know people like this, people that you, that you can just tell. They have a different sense of peace and view of the world because of their trust and hope in God's promises. Uh, some, some of the people, you know, that, that you might think of, uh, you know, I think of Mother Teresa. You know, it's just one of those examples that are popular where you just think, you know, was she meek? Absolutely. Was she powerless? Certainly not. You know, think about the impact, I and mean, we still talk about Mother Teresa and what she did, and we look at that with all. But, you know, as we keep going, you know, there aren't so many other people that we, like, put in that same category because the problem is, is that that is not quite as popular as the other side, the people that lack meekness. And, and for me, there are few things that I enjoy more in, the world, more in the world than watching somebody who's completely arrogant and brash and rude, you know, seeing them be humbled. Uh, to me, that's one of the best things ever. You know, somebody talks trash or something like that. I just, is anybody with me? Do we, you, you enjoy that at all? I, uh, to me, that's like, that's why sports are so great. I love that in, in sports. I think, I think that's amazing. But bragging and self-promotion are fairly high on the attention-grabbing scale when it comes to people who are often given the largest platforms in our culture and our society. Those who are wealthy, those who have social fame, those who have economic and political power and have some of the worst personalities and some of the worst worldviews can receive a lot of attention and a lot of followers precisely because they are not humble, because they are not gentle, because they are not considerate, but instead they're brash, they're arrogant, and think primarily about themselves. And these social lottery winners are held up as thought leaders in various areas of our lives because they seem to be a means to an end that we desire. 
something that, oh, maybe this person can accomplish this thing that we would love to see happen. But may, we may be selling a piece of our soul out along the way as a result because the ends do not justify the means. Character matters. How we engage in the world around us matters. And one of the deepest cuts against our hearts and souls and minds is that famous people in the world who do not walk the walk and who do not talk the talk of Jesus have more of a voice in our lives than the humble and gentle voices who are living within the peace of knowing God is in control. And this is a considerable issue for the audience of Jesus as he's teaching. Remember, the context here is that he's leading into his sermon on the mountain. So these are his opening statements in this teaching. And so he's got crowds of people that are listening to him. And Jesus has called out throughout his ministry the religious leaders you know, for their hypocrisy and for their attitudes and the control that they asserted over the lives of the people of those they led. Even while in the, same, in the same token, Jesus is encouraging those people to take heed of those same religious leaders' religious practice, practice and example. For, for example, Jesus taught that people should tithe like the Pharisees for sure. They followed a strict practice of giving back to God. But the spirit in which they did this mattered even more to Jesus. Those who were not in the social and, and, and power-favored positions of this upper, upper echelon are now brought in and included by Jesus because not only are those of humble means included, so those who, who can't give a ton or can't you know, be like the Pharisees and the Sadducees of the day because they don't have those same positions of power and wealth are brought in by Jesus because those, those with attitudes like Jesus stand to inherit the earth. And so as Jesus is teaching this, you know, he's, he's saying that whatever we would seek to gain from controlling our own lives, God has already promised to give infinitely more. And so these external ways in which we measure who is important or who has everything together, you know, I just don't measure up with the way that God looks at the heart and the way that God looks at our souls and our minds and how we live, live, um, live those things out uh, among one another. And so when Jesus talks about, you know, this idea of being meek and blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth, you know, what he's talking about is, is essentially, you know, everything that you might think that you want to pursue or have happen in this world pales in, compar- in comparison to what God has already promised promise to give. And he pulls this from the Old Testament. I mean, this is, a, this is a promise that God has given throughout Scripture. In Psalm chapter 37, verse 11, we read, but the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. And as you look throughout, especially the Old Testament, this land and, and uh, possession of that, a place to live and to work and to grow as, as a family, as a people, has always been, always been a part of God's promises to others. So he promises that to Abraham and Moses and the, and the people of Israel are waiting for the promised land. Uh, Jewish people are exiled, yes, sometimes you know, from, from that promised land, but God always promises to bring them back. And though that, that may have been what the psalm was referencing, Jesus is adding a whole new meaning to this as well. Because there, there's a sense in which the meek are successful here and now. And, and yet, sometimes it doesn't always seem that way when we humble ourselves and we're gentle and we're considerate and we see somebody else who's not. It seems like they get all the attention. It seems like they get, you know, everybody to, you know, they get their way oftentimes. Sometimes it's the rough, brash, and harsh um, that, that get to the top and leave a trail of destruction behind them. But the meek, over the course of time, leave, leave a trail and leave an impact that, that just can't be compared, compared to. 
because people look at them, and, and sure, sometimes it takes, takes some time for that recognition to happen, but people look at that, they think about the impact on life that that person has had, and it changes, it changes hearts and minds, you know, to, to a place in which we are inspired to be like that. We want to follow, we want to be able to trust, we want to be able to, uh, to win in, in that way. You ever notice that those who yell all the time, they're angry, they're trying to control others in their situation, they're the ones who become the most quickly out of control? Maybe you've experienced that personally in your life. There's a sense in like all the Beatitudes where, where there's this fulfillment that, that is going to, going to happen now. You know, God has already given us the role and responsi- responsibility to steward the earth as it is, as it is now. But there's also a promise that comes in the future, that is fulfilled in the future. And we know that Jesus, when he comes back again in a very different way than when he came uh, the first time, that there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, and that we are going to reign as co-heirs with, with Jesus. Being humbly led by God, we inherit the earth. So here's what it looks like to grow in meekness, because sometimes, you know, we need to be reminded of what it looks like to pursue that character that gives us the perspective that God has. Now, this psalm that Jesus quotes from in chapter 37 uh, is talking about the wicked and righteous. Those who do evil will not last um, and they'll wither, but those who trust in the Lord, Lord, they will flourish. And so trusting God that this is the case and that he will fulfill his promise leads us to being meek in our life. In Psalm chapter 37, here's what the psalmist writes. Do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Those are some powerful promises that God gives. And yet they don't always get the same attention as someone who's loud and arrogant and rude because it seems like, oh, finally we've got this bully that will fight for us. (laughs) You know, all the things that we wish we could say and be, you know, we're going to pay attention Pay attention to that because maybe they'll get us what we want. And God has already promised us the world. And so regardless of what's going on around us, we trust in God regardless what everyone else is trusting in. Politics, money, family, jobs, health, we trust in God and it changes us. And it changes how people view us, it changes how people view God. And we live differently in this world and we will be blessed as a result. Divinely favored, happy, and fortunate. And so that meekness that we want to, that we want to develop, it, it, it requires us to be humble before God, where we don't think of ourselves higher than ourselves. It's so easy in a culture that encourages us to think about ourselves constantly, to even, even unintentionally think about ourselves more than we think about anyone else. We think about what we deserve. We think about ourselves in, in terms of comparison to other people, like who's better in this situation? Oh, I want to be better than this lowly person over here. We want to be served. And yet Jesus lives an entirely different way on this earth. He doesn't regard his equality with God something to be grasped, but humbles himself as a servant. 
His coming was an act of humility. The fact that God came into this world, that he was created himself as a man in low circumstances, was ex- executed on a cross, even though he could, could have bailed. I mean, this is what Jesus models for us. In Mark chapter 9, verse 35, Jesus says, Anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. Much easier said than done. Especially if the people who are, uh, who are not humble are those that we give the most influence over us in our life. This is what Peter says about Jesus at the cross in 1 Peter chapter 2. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Meekness is about letting go. It's about letting go of what we feel like we need to control and allowing God to fulfill his promises as he leads our lives. We trust that God is good. We trust that he will fulfill his promises. We trust that us living the way that he called us to will actually lead us to something better than we could ever imagine or desire for ourselves. We trust that his word is true. We trust that it trumps culture and opinions and even our own desired beliefs about things. Meekness is, is about, sure, about putting others first, but primarily it's about putting God first and allowing his, his power to be at work and in control in our lives. So I, I just want to, I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you this week to look for an opportunity to practice meekness. Because it is a habit that we need to develop in our character and in our perspective with other people. Maybe it's, maybe it's something simple like letting somebody else go ahead of you in, in line. Maybe it's something simple like, I, I don't know about you, I always pick the wrong line. I mean, it just doesn't matter what it is. It could be Costco, it could be the grocery store, it could be on the interstate, it just doesn't matter. I, I, I picked the wrong line. And sometimes somebody else who's like moving a little bit quickly, you know, you don't want to let them in or something like that, and just kind of letting that go. I mean, maybe something just as simple as that. Maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a boss you have, maybe it's a family member, you know, that, that you just need to be more gentle with, that you need to give more consideration. And, and maybe the problem is like, well, they need to do that for me. It would help for, you, for them to see you model it in your life first. We're called to lead by example in this. And blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. There is nothing that we're going to lack this side of heaven that will ever compare to what we gain, what God has waiting for us. And so it's just not worth it. It's not worth giving up our hearts and our souls and minds to the things that that we feel like we need to control, but really just, just cause us to lose control in our life. Step into meekness. Step into God's power at work in your life, this humbleness, this gentleness, and this consideration, and, and, and you will be blessed. You will be living as one who is divinely favored and fortunate and happy. Those who are humble enough to seek after God to lead their lives are the ones who will win at life. So blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. Let's pray. God, it's, it's, uh, it's very easy to find ourselves in struggle, in battle, at war with the circumstances or people in our life. And that feeling of um, 
or that lack of control that we feel in those moments can, can overwhelm us. It can cause us to grip harder. Um, it can cause us to be uh, more bitter, to be more distant from others. God, we, we ask that through the Holy Spirit at work in our lives that you, um, that you guide us to what it means to be humble and gentle and considerate in those moments. When everything's going great, it's, it's easy. It's easy to be, to be gentle. But when the rubber meets the road in our lives, those are the moments that, that often um, we have to decide which path we're going to take and how that's going to impact things much further down the line in our lives. So God, we ask that you um, help us to develop this humility that Jesus models for us, that he takes so far to, uh, to even death on a cross. And God, we, uh, we praise you for the promises and the fulfillment of those things that, that we can have hope and trust and peace in uh, because of how you love us. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.